Welcome back to Goal Line Stuff, the show where we talk about anything and everything football related. I'm Alex Kjorkchiev. And I'm Michael San Antonio. And boy, do we have a special show for you today. I'm a little sick. I just want to, you know, start it off by saying that. So if my voice sounds a little strange, just know that's the reason why. But no sickness could stop me from being excited about Super Bowl 57. I'm so hyped. So hyped. We have the Eagles. We have the Chiefs. Our Philadelphia Eagles. It's, it's going to be great. I know you're excited, Alex. We're, we're bringing the energy today, if you can't already tell. And so, yeah, I don't think I've ever started an episode that crazy before, but this is a special episode. And so special episodes need crazy energy. And with this episode, I hope you're ready for we're going to talk about some Tom Brady and his retirement. We're going to talk about the NFL honors just very quickly go over who won. Um, We're going to do a quick NFC and AFC championship game recap, kind of just like our thoughts on, you know, the teams who lost and won. And then, as I alluded to, Super Bowl analysis. I'm ready. I'm so ready. Yeah, I think you've got issues with the screaming, but I'm definitely ready with you. Yeah, I'm I'm sorry. You you had a few too many cups of coffee. I had no coffee today, just all excitement, all excitement. And yeah, so the first thing, first order of business, Tom Brady. I am, I am very, I don't know, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but I don't love Tom Brady as a player. People who know me very close, I'm, I'm, I'm a hater. But at the same time, it's tough to not acknowledge his greatness. And so him retiring is a sad moment in my childhood. He's one of the best, if not, you could argue he's the best football player to ever play, but at the very least, he's the best quarterback. He's the best quarterback to ever play. Like, why are we still doing this as NFL fans? Oh, you could argue that he's the best. Come on, bro. But I I said player. Still, have we not learned by now? I don't know, dude. Player is a much different thing. There's offense and defense. There's, you know... At the same time, though, I'm gi- I'm giving him his props. You know, I there's no debate. I mean, there's, he there's is going no down as the greatest, and yeah, it's just a sad moment. You know, we both have been watching football for more than half of our lives, and he has been the best every single moment of that time watching football. So, yeah, I mean, there's not much more to say for me from that. Just you know, it's a sad day, and I hope that you know he figures out everything in his life. But also, what a career! What a career! I'm sad, man. Like when I when I started watching football, it was you know I was a Tom Brady hater because that was the trendy thing to do. I was a little kid, and it was like ah, Tom Brady sucks. He's so overrated. But then I the turning point for me was the twenty eight to three Super Bowl. At that after that game, I was like, it's I mean it's not up for debate. He's the greatest ever. And then my man won a few more Super Bowls after that. So three, no. Two. So yeah, two two after yeah. that. Um, so it's just not up for debate. It's not up for debate. He's the greatest to ever lace up those cleats, and the NFL without Tom Brady just feels wrong to me. Yeah, it does feel wrong. And seven rings is not something that's ever gonna be done again, I don't think. Nope. From at least a quarterback. So from anyone. Coach especially technically with Alicek, but... especially most of with the same team. Yeah, I mean, but and the fact that he did it with, you know, the Bucks too one year. Well, the Bucks were loaded that year. Yeah, but still the fact that he won on a on a separate team after already having the GOAT resume with the Patriots. It's just 
it, it it's never going to be done again. And so as, you know, NFL podcasters, we have to at least acknowledge it, right? You know, greatest of all time is done playing football. What a moment. I can't. It's it's sad. I'm upset. I'm not too sad. It gives Eagles more opportunities to win, you know. The Eagles don't care about Tom Brady anymore. Eagles beat Tom Brady. That's true. We've overcome Tom Brady. We've overcome Tom Brady with a backup quarterback. Yeah, only us and Eli are able to. So he doesn't like I the I, NFC. I still think that's really funny, but yeah, he doesn't like the NFC East. His last game was versus the NFC East, where he got smoked. That's true. <laughs> yeah, by Dallas, by the wow. ever so fraudulent Dallas Cowboys. What a last game to lose to the fraudulent Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, and he's actually like retired this time. Last year he retired, but he came back right away. He just submitted his letter to the NFL that. He's officially retired. He's going to be eligible for the 2028 Hall of Fame class. Imagine they don't get let him in first ballot. Oh, come on. <laughs> no, I know. No, that that's a joke. All right. Obviously, I, saw, I, no, I saw this on Twitter today. Is Andrew Luck a first ballot Hall of Famer? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe if he played like five to seven more years. Like... Andrew Luck is not a Hall of Famer, period. I know. Like, he's a Hall of Fame talent, but like, what? <laughs> That's ridiculous. Twitter is wild. Do not look at Twitter for for sports takes. <laughs> I think the more or an interesting hypothetical, what if Brady decides in like 3 or 5 years, "Hey, I want to give another shot at it." You think he gets that shot from a team? I think yeah, he'll get the shot, but I don't I'm not saying it'll be great, but you think a team is going to willingly sign him to a deal and try to make them his his their starter? I think they'll give him a chance to compete just off pedigree. Mm. Or rather, they'll probably watch him work out and stuff and then be like, okay, you're washed. I don't think it's possible for him to be washed. I mean, we're talking I, I said about it so many times and he keeps we're proving We're talking about a damn 50-year-old at this point. I know. I'm just saying, man. I'm just saying. I, I think it'll be super interesting to see. You know, I bet there's definitely going to be, like, rumors circulating at some point in the future. I doubt it'll happen, but, you know, something no, to keep right. in mind. Maybe Brady and Gronk will be playing, you know, <laughs> Gronk. the next decade. Someone needs to take Gronk off TV, though. You think so? I can't stand TV, Gronk. Yeah, I don't think he's the best. Like, I was surprised at first when I found that they were putting him on TV because it's like, really? Like him? Like it all the commercials player. and the analyst, like the analysis role. I, I, I'm tired of Gronk. I love Gronk, but yeah, I agree. I'm I don't not entertained. Yeah, it, it's not the best, but it'll be cool if they're paired together, Brady and Gronk. You know, analyzing games. I wouldn't mind that, but yeah, I definitely think they could find a better, you know, commentator than someone like Gronk. Anyway, that being said, let's move on just quick into talk about the NFL honors. Nothing surprising really happened here. I mean, at the beginning of the season, we had some outrageous takes for who was going to win some of these awards. Like, not outrageous, like, in the moment, but looking at it now, it's like, oh, wow, we really whiffed on some of these. But, you know, that being said, we all of us knew that Patrick Mahomes was going to win MVP, and hopefully that means that you know, the Eagles and Jalen Hurts will win the Super Bowl and Super Bowl MVP. But, you know, we're not going to talk about that yet. <laughs> Mahomes won MVP. Offensive player of the year went to Justin Jefferson. Defensive player of the year, Nick Boza, which 
All of those were expected. Uh, Brian Dable won coach of the year, which was also expected. I think the one thing, oh, well, first off, rookie of the year, um, offensive rookie of the year was Garrett Wilson. And that's the one thing that we were kind of, you know, had some different thoughts about. Uh, I know you thought it would be Kenneth Walker, right, Alex? Yeah. I didn't think Garrett uh, Wilson had a consistent enough season to win. Personally speaking, neither did Olave. So I thought they would give it to Walker, who, even though he didn't play the first few games, um, had a pretty consistent end of the season. was awesome. So I figured they would give it to the, the running back, too, you know, flashy running back. But now nah, they gave it to Wilson, which I, it's a perfectly valid take. I didn't realize he had 1,100 yards, which is very impressive for a rookie playing with no quarterback. Uh, four touchdowns, a little underwhelming to me, but, you know, well-deserved. Yeah, I just think he deserved it the most, especially because, you know, the Jets are such, you know, they have had quarterback woes for so long, especially this year. He was really working with nothing. So I definitely think Garrett Wilson had a great year considering all the factors around him. And I'm excited to see the future with him. With Kenneth Walker, I do think he deserves it. Just injury issues. Beginning of the season, he had a couple and he wasn't the starter for a little while. And then... um towards the end of the season he had also had a couple injury issues he missed a game or two if i believe if if i can remember correctly sorry about that and so i just think that's you know the deciding factor between those two but yeah that was the only one we really were unsure about uh defensive rookie of the year went to sauce and coach of the year if i haven't already said which i may have dable so you did yeah sauce was an all pro first teamer in his rookie year that was obviously going to him yeah that's oh, crazy sure. to me I mean, he had a great year. He's He's been locked down. He really oh, yeah. has. And so that's crazy. not something, you know, young cornerbacks, like you could be a, a lockdown corner in college, but then going into the NFL and being locked down is a totally different thing. So. And more importantly, he got his own brand deal with Buffalo Wild Wings. Yeah. There's, sauce there's, Gardner a, sauce. there's a Sauce Gardner sauce. <laughs> Believe it or not, I have had it. You've and tried it? Good. How yeah, it? my roommate ordered it one night. Um, And yeah, it was surprisingly good i don't know i mean it's kind of sweet it's not spicy at all it's more of like a sweet sauce like a barbecue type of deal yeah kind of like a barbecue type of deal yeah but i like it i don't know if you know definitely this is not we're not you know don't have an endorsement deal with them but check out buffalo wild wings sauce gardener sauce no but i think we should start a sister podcast of goal line stuff food reviews i would (laughs) i would be so down I feel like I don't know. I don't know. I have some good food takes. I don't know if you would, Alex, but we could do some NFL themed food reviews. Would people listen to that? You think people don't listen to us now anyway? That's true. That's fair. <laughs> honestly, <laughs> that would be funny if we did that. Honestly, we let's do that. We're doing it. Okay. Off season. Off season's about, season about to hit. Why not? <laughs> yeah. You heard it here first. Goal line stuff. Food reviews coming to you shortly. Anyway, stuff our faces. We're already rambling. (laughs) Let's move on to some NFC Championship and AFC Championship thoughts and recaps. Okay. And neither of these games were fantastic. Like I enjoyed watching both of them, but I think both these games have some big storylines. You want to start first with the Eagles Niners? Yeah. Um. This game was not close at all. I didn't honestly expect it to be very close even with Brock Purdy playing I think if Brock Purdy played the whole game which he did not if someone listening didn't know he got knocked out in the first quarter on a sack 
no dirty hit or anything, just the sack that the guy got hit the wrong way and his elbow shredded. Um, but I think that even if he didn't, if he did play the whole game, it's still, it would still have been at least a two score game. That line was getting mauled by the Eagles defensive line. Even that little bit that Brock Purdy played. Um, and their defensive line was also getting manhandled by the Eagles offensive line. Nick Bosa, your defensive player of the year had zero sacks. The, the whole trench battle between these two teams was just dominated by the Eagles. Mm -hmm. And well, yes, the Niners didn't have a quarterback by the end of the game because Josh Johnson, their backup also got hurt on another sack where the guy just landed wrong. He got a concussion, even though they had no quarterback by the end of the game. And the, the, game finished 31-7. I still think the game would have been I don't know, maybe 31-17 with Brock Purdy playing. I just don't think the Niners were good enough to beat the Eagles. I think the Eagles were the clear-cut best team in the NFC and they were going to make the Super Bowl the whole time. Yeah, the battle of the trenches as you alluded to was definitely the the tipping point in this one. And I mean, as you said, the Eagles are the better team. I agree. But um if, you know, you can't rely on injuries, you can't rely on the starting quarterback getting injured and having nobody, you know, they were lining up Christian McCaffrey to throw the ball. So, you know, the Eagles, I think, got lucky with that one. I still think they would have won easy, even with the starting quarterback. But there was virtually no shot once Brock Purdy went down and he went down pretty early. So um, but yeah, um, as I said, the the battle of the trenches was the big deciding factor to me between these two teams. I thought that the Eagles were slightly better because of it. And it showed in this one, like you said, with the offensive line, just, you know, Miles Sanders and the run game, just getting, you know, wide open lanes and the Niners defense, which is supposed to be the best defense in the league. They, they looked good. You could tell, but we were just better. The Eagles were just better all overall, even in a day when the offense didn't really do much, when Jalen Hurts had one of his worst games of the season, when you're looking at stats and play-wise, he didn't really do much. It just was more so that the Eagles' defense was great. And so that opened up a lot of opportunities for the Eagles in, to have great field position, to be able to score. And yeah, I mean, um, I think the biggest storyline here with the Eagles going into the Super Bowl is, okay, two playoff games so far, and not much resistance from the other side. Yeah. Uh, the Chiefs are, are definitely a team that, you know, you can't really just say that that's going to happen with them. So but, um, definitely going to be interesting to see what happens. That says something about the Eagles, though. You're going to sit here and tell me, oh, they haven't played any team that gave them competition. Maybe that's because the Eagles are so good that they don't have a competition. That's fair. Just like at the same time, you know, the Giants – you know how I feel about the Giants. They're a good team, right? But they're the sixth seed for a reason. They're not the best team in the NFC. They're not one of the best teams in the NFC. And Daniel Jones and the offense still, you know, have a lot of issues. Um, with the Niners, you know, with the situation they were in, I don't know. I don't think that they would have beaten a lot of teams in that case without a quarterback, at least. That being said, we still dominated them. But what's so I think there's the an Eagles argument win? to be made on both sides. That's all what's I'm saying. That the Eagles win. They beat the team that's in the Super Bowl that beat all the other AFC teams. What's next? Oh, Patrick Mahomes had a sprained ankle a month ago. <laughs> I, I know. The Chiefs I weren't that good of a team all along. It, if people start saying that. It's coming. Don't worry. 
If the Eagles win the Super Bowl, that's all that matters, okay? I don't care what excuses people will make. Oh, it was an easy schedule. It was an easy year. Winning a Super Bowl is winning a Super Bowl, and nobody could take that away from you. So, But, like, you've heard all the ridiculous takes. Jalen Hurts is only good because of the roster around him. Nick Sirianni is only good because of his roster. Hassan Reddick only gets all these sacks because the defensive line is so good. The defensive line that he's a part of, let me just say. Devontae Smith is only good because A.J. Brown is around him. I almost believe that one, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, I don't – it's just ridiculous to me. Jalen Hurts is only good because of the team around him. Yet when Jalen Hurts is out and Minshew plays, the Eagles are horrible. Make it make sense. You know, people aren't watching every game like we are, first off, you know. As a true Eagles fan, you know what it's like. You know what's true, what's not. But a lot of people just aren't paying attention to the Eagles. They just see the record. Oh, trying to, you know, make up excuses for what's happening, making up reasonings for why we've been good. And, you know, I just think if the Eagles want to, you know, remove some of these stereotypes about them, they have to go out and win on Sunday. And I know I know what you're saying. Like, yeah, obviously it's a must-win game. But, like, if they want – to prove that they're really an elite team and really like an all-time great, almost level team, pretty much. They have to win this game and show that they are the dominant team that they've been all year. I've got another angry tangent about the NFC championship game. People are going rigged because of all the penalties. The Niners committed all of those penalties. They were losing so bad that they got angry and started playing out of frustration and they got called for the penalties. Their plan was to uh, make the Eagles angry from the beginning of the game with rough press man coverage and holding in front of the line and they got called for these you know illegal hands to the face pass interference defensive holding and they were like huh what's the flag especially jimmy (laughs) ward on that one play and now he's talking about how next time when we play them next year they're gonna he's gonna get his get back on aj brown and Devontae smith as if he wasn't holding on that play and then you saw the other part the other hits Hufanga hit Jalen Hurts 20 million yards out of bounds. Trent Williams body slammed Kevon Wallace at the end of the game. It, like uh, Dre Greenlaw was punching our player trying to go for trying to go for the ball. They were just playing angry and playing with stupid frustration and making stupid penalties and getting called for those stupid penalties and getting mad and being like, oh, Russ lost us the game. And now they're complaining about the game on social media. Not the fans, the players. I've never seen players whine that much about a game that they deservedly lost or lost, period. It's been Ayuk, Debo, Robbie Gold, Christian McCaffrey, like Jimmy Ward. Like, come on. I just think it's out of frustration for how that game went, you know, because they've had such a magical season with Purdy coming in after, you know, their two starters get hurt. And being great. And then, you know, them going from three and four, getting Christian McCaffrey, and then winning out for the rest of the season. So I think, like, you know, even though that it's unjustified the way that they're acting, I think it's just out of frustration because they're a good team. And I think the game didn't really show that. So for more, like, I guess, casual fans who only are watching the playoffs, they're saying, oh, the Niners, you know, that was a rough performance. Maybe their defense isn't as good or their offense stinks. I mean, I know they have no quarterback, but they still got nothing going. And 
I don't know. I I, th- I think it's just frustration, but um, I think it's interesting how there's flag issues in both games. Let's deviate to the next game, Chiefs versus Bengals. This one had a lot of big questionable flags and a lot of calls that had fans shaking their heads. I mean, this is one of the most heavily criticized officiating games I think I've seen in a while, at least this season. I think it's probably the most heavily criticized officiating I've seen. And I personally don't think that the officiating made a difference in that final outcome of the game. But yeah, there were some questionable things with that ref. Um, you know, on, on third down, the Chiefs pretty much got an extra down because the refs, you know, called the play dead, but they didn't really call it dead. And so the Chiefs had an incomplete pass, but then they said, oh, wait, let's redo it. And that was kind of ridiculous to see, you know, in one of the biggest games of the year, you're letting the Chiefs offense redo a redo a down in a crucial situation like that's not cool obviously it didn't as I said it didn't impact the the final score of the game but then there was also that intentional grounding um I do think you know it it can constitute as an intentional grounding but at the same time it was close P Ryan was kind of in the area Joe Burrow you know I I don't think that gets called a lot of the time if that's another quarterback or in another situation so you know, there's two situations right there. Um, there's a handful of others that some people will talk about from that game. And, you know, the Osai shove, obviously, that is, you know, that is blatant. That is that is a flag. Like I mean, <laughs> the guy out of bounds. What do you want? Like, yeah, you can't shove a quarterback full force out of bounds, especially when they're they're one or two steps already out of bounds. You can't do that. That was idiotic. I feel bad for him because I saw you he saw how upset awesome. he was after he was, the game. He was the best player on the Bengals that game. Yeah, and that'll get overlooked by you know that blunder. I mean, he he played a great game. I I want to give him some credit. Joseph Osai played a great game. But but that, that grounding honestly did not impact the call, impact the game. As I said, they, you they know, converted these, the third down, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. So it didn't matter. You know, none of these really impacted the game. It just like. It was rough to see. And I think part of the reason why a lot of people called it rigged or called it, you know, a lot of these calls like awful was because that they wanted the Bengals to win because people are so frustrated that the Chiefs keep winning or keep making it as far as they do. But at the end of the day, two very evenly matched teams and the Chiefs showed that, you know, Burrow had his theirs. You know what? For a 23 to 20 game quarterbacked by Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow, this game bored me half to death. Mm-hmm. I, I thought this was an extremely uninteresting game. I don't know what it is. Maybe all my energy got taken out by the Eagles game in the beginning of the day, but I, it was just boring. Nothing like there wasn't a lot of exciting plays, to be honest. The refs were doing a lot. I, I don't know. I, I just wasn't into it. There's a lot of defense and, you know, the Chiefs were missing all their receivers. You know, they had nobodies out there. Everybody was hurt. On the Bengals, you know, um, Bengals, Burrow kept getting sacked. That line just, oh, my gosh, could not guard for anything in that game. And then the Chiefs had, you know, they had two rookie corners out there making plays. So it was just a weird game, weird matchup. And, yeah, but, you know, um, Chiefs ended up winning, as as I predicted. And so the Chiefs' Eagles Super Bowl that I predicted before the playoffs holds true. I forget what I said. Did I say Bengals winning? I think I said Bengals. Yeah, you did. But you also had uh, Bills Eagles before the playoffs started. Yeah. <laughs> but I got one of them, right? 
It's true. Eagles. And yeah. Also, speaking of the Bills, um, did you see that the Bills, uh, not the Bills, the NFL sent out another DeMar Hamlin body double to make that speech last night? They they sent out another body double with the, the deep fake face to make mm. that speech live. <laughs> stop, stop. <laughs> I can't believe people thought that they sent out a body double for DeMar Hamlin. I don't get what all the conspiracies are about in the NFL. Like, something happens, and then the fans are like, oh, my gosh, it's scripted. Like, oh, my gosh. Like, oh, of course Geno Smith was going to win comeback player of the year. Like, no, come That's on. That's the one that I don't get. Geno Smith, like, I feel like the comeback player of the year is reserved for when a player gets this severe injury and then comes back and has this great season. Gino didn't come back from injury. Gino came back from sucking. No, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, in order to come back, you have to be there to start with. (laughs) (laughs) Was Gino Smith ever there? I don't know. But, no, I I definitely think he deserves it because, I don't know, it's a very loose interpretation. It's a cool story. Did we forget to mention that he won Comeback Player of the Year? I think we did. Probably, but. But this is us making up for it. I mean, he, yeah, what a great year from Geno Smith. Wow. What really matters is that DeMar Hamlin's clone was out there for NFL honors last night. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. <laughs> we're, we're moving on to, to just Super Bowl analysis. I can't with you, Alex. <laughs> so, as I said, this is what I predicted. I was right. Eagles, Chiefs, and I have been flipping back and forth. I started out saying the Chiefs were going to win. Despite being an Eagles fan, I was like, okay. I'm an analyst on this on this show, on this podcast, and I'm going to say what I think is going to happen. But the fan in me and also the analyst in me has changed his mind. I think that the Eagles are going to win, and that has been my take for the last couple weeks. So um, looking in this matchup, I mean, obviously, Super Bowl 57, this is a huge, a, a big deal. It's It's a huge deal, as I was about to say. We're Eagles fans. This is huge for the city of Philadelphia. This is huge for us. You know, what happens in this game is going to have a huge bearing on the rest of our week and months. Honestly, if we win, I'm going to be super happy. If we lose, I might be depressed. We'll see. Who knows? Um, And, you know, even more importantly, you know, this is a new era of Eagles football. So, yeah, this is definitely super exciting. Um, As I said, especially with Mahomes a little hobbled, which, you know, after two more weeks of rest that he's gotten, He's going to be a lot more mobile, but still, I don't think – I think he's going to be suffocating behind that line against that all, Eagles defensive line. Another cool fact about the talent disparity is just too much for the Chiefs to handle, and I've been saying that all season. The Eagles have the most talented roster. Coming into the season, we were like, you know, the Eagles are a wild card because, you know, they have this question mark at quarterback with Jalen Hurts. But outside of Jalen Hurts, the roster is loaded. So we'll see how they can do with Jalen Hurts. And Jalen Hurts went from their biggest question mark to their biggest answer. So you have this stacked roster around a guy who was an MVP finalist. That's just Super Bowl team in the making. Yeah. Uh, For me, I think I'm going to talk about some key matchups, I think. And not really matchups. I think, I I guess you could say it's matchups. For the Eagles, I think... Again, the trenches are the most important thing in this matchup on both sides. First, offensively, um, as much as I love Jalen, you know, we've talked about Jalen. I'm a a huge Jalen guy now. Maybe I wasn't in years past. I'm not going to talk about that now because all that matters is the Jalen and the Eagles that we've gotten this season. And it's been great. 
But that being said, oh, yeah, showing that Hurts jersey, I love it. Um, the Eagles in the playoffs haven't won off of Jalen Hurts. Yeah, he's helped. Yeah, he's, played, he's played pretty well, but we haven't needed him and the offense to pass a crazy ton or do anything crazy in order for us to win. A lot of it has been our offensive line. Um, throughout the whole season, this is the interesting stat. We have 69 more inside run plays than any other team this season, including the playoffs. And, you know, I think that shows just how effective we are with it. I mean, you already know if if you've been watching the Eagles, how good we are at QB sneaks, just anything that involves our, our offensive line, especially the uses of, you know, up the middle running with Jason Kelsey uh, is super effective. And I think that one of the keys to this game is controlling the offense and controlling the game with the run. So I think the Eagles, that that is essential for them to get the run game going. And on the flip side, I said the trenches on both sides, I think, you know, getting to Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. I think it's a lot harder to sack Mahomes than it is to sack some other guys. Um, we saw in that Bucks Super Bowl, as you talked about, even when he's about to get sacked, he'll still spin into a pirouette and throw the ball 30 yards and try to complete it. But, um, you know, the key to beating Mahomes is applying pressure. Mm -hmm. As good as he is, if you can apply pressure, which not a lot of teams can do against him and the Chiefs and Andy Reid, then it's going to be a tough day for him to operate. And so, yeah, um, with the 70 sacks that we had on the season with some great edge rushers, I think that the Eagles have a good shot at applying some of that pressure. And yeah, look for some key matchups there against some, you know, offensive line and the Chiefs offensive line, which I don't think is that great. So, yeah, I think the trenches definitely for the Eagles is the most important part. I would also like to establish that the Chiefs current number one receiver is Marquez Valdez Scantling, who for the more casual fans, I will put it to you this way. This guy wasn't even playing for the Packers. That's how skilled he is. Now, granted, he had an awesome game in the championship game. I think it was like six for 110 in the score. Mm -hmm. um, but the Eagles cornerback duo has been incredible this year. Darius Slay and James Bradbury. And when you have this inferior group of receivers, which granted they have Travis Kelsey, that's your real number one receiver. But on the outside, you know, the guys that are getting covered by the corners, I don't think they're going to have a ton of breathing room. These guys are not very good receivers. And yeah, they can have good games and they're probably elevated by Patrick Mahomes. But I just don't think that they're going to have a good day. I think that this is going to be a suffocating day for the Mahomes-led Chiefs. And I just don't foresee it ending well. Yeah, uh, I am a little less pessimistic about it. I think it'll be closer than you do. Um, but I do think the Eagles will win and will look like the more dominant team. With the Chiefs, you know, as you said, there are some issues there at receiver. Uh, Tony is limited right now, but he Don't probably will to be back. Tony will probably be back. He'll, he's limited. Uh, Juju, it looks like he's going to be a full oh, participant. I totally forgot about it. Ignore what I said about MVS number one receiver. Well, MVS kind of is their number one right now because Juju, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to get into that, but Juju will be back and playing most likely at full strength. Uh, obviously, Travis Kelsey, the best tight end of the last decade is going to be playing and great. So we, we Eagles got to worry about Travis Kelsey. Um, and decent run game, not anything crazy, but decent run game. Obviously, you have Patrick Mahomes who could make anything happen. And on the flip side, defensively, Chris Jones and, you know, the pressure, the you know, rushing 
the past, or at least this year has been the best it's ever been under Andy Reid and the Chiefs. So it doesn't matter. What do you say? It doesn't matter. No, no, no. But I, I'm just I'm listing, you know, the key the, the key things for the Chiefs. I think the this Chiefs team, the biggest issue right now on defense for them is probably their their secondary. Legarius needs should be back. He's been questionable, but he should be back. But even with Legarius Need there, you have, you know, three young corners or safeties playing and starting. Rookies. Yeah, pretty much rookies getting, you know, um, significant time. Trent McDuffie is a guy awesome. who I didn't love. I didn't, I didn't love like him. him either. He's been awesome. Going into the draft, and he's been awesome. He can move around anywhere. Um, you know, as we talked about those, you know, those rookie corners had some, some big plays, Brian Cook, Joshua Williams, and Jalen, uh, Jalen Watson, I believe is his name have been, they've been solid, but against AJ Brown, Devonte Smith, Dallas Goddard, you have to be more than solid. And so it's definitely going to be tough for them to match up against this Eagles offense. Um, on the flip side though, I think Travis Kelsey is going to be tough lining up, you know, with, with, um, just any of the Eagles defenders, you know, if if we have to get safety help on Travis Kelsey or, you know, Kaiser White, I don't know how good he'll be at containing Travis Kelsey, especially with a lot of drag routes and, and things like that. So I just think that um, the matchups favor the Eagles, but I don't think it's as much of a slaughter as you think it is, Alex. And I'm going to guess it'll be like a, a 30 to 20 type score, something like that. I agree. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, the Eagles play a lot a lot of quarters defense, and the Chiefs had a lot of issues with that for a while, but they've been pretty good recently at, you know, dissecting that, especially Mahomes. So I don't think it's going to be a completely low-scoring game by the Chiefs, but I do think that, like you said, the pressure is going to get to Mahomes, and that's going to be the factor for me. I think, you know, trenches is, is what's going to win the Eagles the game. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I think the Kansas City offense is going to struggle mightily. And maybe we'll see a big passing performance from the Eagles. We haven't seen one of those yet this postseason just because they haven't had to. The game hasn't been close, but who knows? The Eagles have made their season just running down every team's throat. And I don't see that stopping anytime soon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the Chiefs definitely are not going to be the team to stop it. Maybe I'm wrong, but I I don't think so. I really don't think so. If we could do that against the Niners, then... Nobody can stop us. That's facts. Well, yeah, um, maybe some of our bias came through, but I don't know. We both, as analysts, think that the Eagles are going to win, and so that's really what it's about. Thank you so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed. Hold on, this hold has on, been. Hold on. I would like to just conclude saying that I don't actually believe the Demar Hamlin conspiracy. <laughs> if you do, please get yourself mentally evaluated, and. Yeah, I'm just joking because I think it's so stupid it's funny. Anyway, continue. I was hoping that that was implied, but you know, I'm glad Gotta cover my that you, you said that. I'm glad that you said that. Got to cover my tracks. <laughs> anyway, though, we're super excited, obviously. Go Birds. Really hope they win. And I hope that this analysis helps you at least, you know, know what to prepare for when watching this game this weekend. So, yeah, this is a huge one. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed and we'll be back next episode. We'll be in the off season, but we'll be back. Bye-bye.